This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Coming up on today's episode, we dive into the new captain for the Winnipeg Jets, plus the young stars hit the ice in Penticton. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right into it here. Capping off the work week and heading into the weekend in style, technically actual hockey games to break down. Maybe not break down, but there's actual hockey action to watch. So just getting a little bit closer to the real thing coming up sometime soon. So the excitement is in the air right now, and it's beauty weather in the middle of September. So life is good here in Manitoba and plenty to get into in this episode. Joining me once again, CJOB's Tyson Rowicki. Tyson, how are we doing today? Been fantastic. We got an actual, like you mentioned, an actual hockey game tomorrow with actual hockey players. It's, it's happening, baby. This is the best time of the year if you're a sports fan, right? Like you have baseball playoffs coming up, NFL's re- start starting up, you have CFL reaching the end of the regular season, NHL's warming up, NBA's warming up. Oh, it just warms the soul. It is it is soul warming time, Tyson. I should mention too, by the way, in case. Things sound a little odd this episode. Um, the young stars are in Penticton. Got a young star on on the podcast today. I'm holding my little one. <laughs> He's strapped to me right now. <laughs> I don't. I mean, anybody with young kids, either that they had or have right now, know that there's not much time to do stuff. So, right now he's sleeping. Things are good. I'm doing the the new parent shuffle side to side. I don't think I'm out of breath, but if you hear like little snorting and stuff, just just know like don't be alarmed. It's not me. The little oh. one will be rousing up there, but just a heads up to everybody that I don't think he's gonna come through, but he might unintentionally make his uh his broadcasting debut today. Think the grind never stops. You kind of look like a like a SWAT team member almost. So you're fully <laughs> like fully loaded up with stuff. It's just as stressful, Tyson. <laughs> it might it might even be more stressful. Like if I had the option right now of like you have to put the kid to bed or like breaking down a door and trying to arrest like three madmen. It's a coin flip. <laughs> All right. Well let's get into it here as as things are th- things are going well right now. Um, and I got a little trivia, nice and short, nothing too crazy here for you, Tice. Um, because you don't give anything to me, but I'm a giver and I, I give trivia to you. Um, and it's a captain themed episode, so captain trivia, nice and simple, three quick ones, okay? Gotcha. I'll be pretty upset if you don't get two of the three for sure. All right, which puts a lot of pressure on you. That, it does. <laughs> I, I feel pretty good about my captain knowledge, though, so we'll see if uh. I just shot myself in the foot or not, but yeah, you probably did. 
Um, <laughs> who's the longest serving captain in the history of the NHL by both years and games? Steve Eiserman. There you go. Nice. That's a nice easy one to, to walk into there. That we would have been in trouble if you didn't get that yeah. one. Although the Ray Bork was actually pretty close. Um, but yes, Stevie Y, 20 years, 19 seasons, 1300 games. Not too bad. <laughs> uh, next, Connor McDavid, a few years back, became the youngest captain in NHL history. 19 years, 273 days. Who did he beat out for that honor? Gabe Landeskog. Oh, you are on the ball. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I remember what had happened, and I was like, that can't be correct, right? Like, Gabe Landeskog, youngest captain in NHL history, but it was. Beto Crosby by two days. It wasn't so, it. He took it from uh, Hayduke, I believe. Yes, that is correct. Okay, you do know. I, I should have went a little hardcore on this. You know your captains. Oh, yeah. Oh, captain, my captain. Okay. Oh, cap, my cap. All <laughs> right. This is a two-parter here. Can you name the first American and the first European captain to captain their teams to the Stanley Cup? Ooh. European, I'm going to go with Nick Lidstrom. Cha-ching. Okay. Just ahead of Big Z. And then American. Yeah, dead air is great. Dead air is great. I'm, I'm having I'm having a hard time with the Amer- um late nineties, early two thousands. Newendike? Nah, he was on the team though. It was Big D, Darian Hatcher. Oh, Darian! I forgot that he was the captain for. Yeah, everyone thinks it was. Everyone thinks it was Medano, which also you know would have been a good guess. And. um Joe Newendike's also Canadian, so there's that. But I, I, no, I, th- I knew someone on Dallas, and I just couldn't think of the. I knew it wasn't Medano, so I just kind of threw out a. Maybe <laughs> I had a, maybe he had a dual citizenship or something, or. <laughs> Brett Hall did, who was also on that Dallas Stars team. Yeah, see? yeah. okay, they're pretty good. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. You do know you do know your captains. You you, you swung a miss on Darian Hatcher, but that was a bit of a tricky one. But not too bad. Good showing, Tice. Thank Which you, then segues us into the main topic for today's episode. And again, like you said, we have hockey coming up. We had actual news about the Winnipeg Jets this past week. And not overly surprising, but it became official. Adam Lowry is the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. What were your initial thoughts when it went down, Tice? Good for him. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, it, I think that it's you couldn't really go wrong with either Morrissey or Lowry, right? Like that, that's teams. what everyone. I think everyone was in the same boat, right? Like it's one of those two, fifty-fifty. Whoever it is, you're going to be pretty happy with with the pick. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's a good representative in the community. You know, he's he's always available. He's he's one of the only guys who's always makes himself available in post game conferences too, and he's always speaking. Yep. There was times when, especially throughout this past season and into last two seasons ago now there was times where the big dogs wouldn't come up to the mic and who was the guy who went up to speak with adam lowry so he's kind of just professionalism exemplified so uh, yeah it, it totally makes sense to me that lowry's going to be the next captain and seems like he could be around for a long time too 
he's got three more years left on his deal, right? So, I mean, we would imagine that he's the captain for the next three years at least. Um, I mean, accountability is is probably the biggest reason why I like this move. And then you nailed it on the head there, Tice. Like, the dude doesn't shy away from the mics, from the cameras, in negative times, positive. Like, he's, he's, you know, he's always out there. He's always ready to answer the questions. He gets benched, yeah, he's not going to shy away, right? So, I, I mean, plays the game the right way. He's a beauty. He loves food. He's a foodie as well. Like, he checks off all the boxes for me. And, yeah, I mean, you couldn't go wrong with Morrissey either. But there is a part of me that kind of likes Lowry over Morrissey in the sense that, you know, Josh has to do so much already. <laughs> like, he's, totally. he's, he's being asked to borderline carry the team from the back end. A lot of pressure on him to do just his on-ice job and then to throw on the captaincy and everything that goes along with it. Like, it's in, – in a way, I'm kind of glad he doesn't have to deal with that as much as, as Adam Lowry might. So it kind of alleviates a little bit of the pressure and responsibilities for Morrissey. He can, to a, to a lesser extent, just go out there and play and then and just focus on his game, which he's going to need to do for the Jets to be successful in this next little bit here. Um, what do you think – I think to me, the only criticisms, Tyson, and there weren't many. I don't know how, you know, how much people really believed in this. But what would you say to people that are like, you can't have a third liner as your captain? You know what I mean? Like, what, like why, why are you having a third liner or bottom sixer as your captain? Like, it needs to be one of your your star guys. Is there anything to that? I don't think so, really. Because, you know, sometimes it's just the guy, the star player, he's not the the outspoken leader, right? Like, a lot of times those kind of guys like to lead, by example, with their play and, and generating chances that way and, and leading the team in that regard. But sometimes they're just guys that control the room. Like, there's just, there's a couple, select few guys. Like, look, in Florida a couple years ago, there are two of their previous captains, actually, were Willie Mitchell and Derek McKenzie. Like, it's two guys who... Oh, you do know your captains. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's two guys who really aren't, you know, star players, but they're super well-respected. And especially with the Jets, the way their past couple of years have gone, I think they want to kind of reset a culture here. And if you're watching the game and you're, you're trying to set an example of how to play the game the right way, Adam Larry is probably one of the guys who's always in the right... who's who puts himself in the right position who's giving it his all 110% on every shift. He's getting in the corners. He's doing the dirty work. And that's a good example and good way to rub off on the younger guys coming up. And I think that can really start to build a culture here in Winnipeg. So I, I like the way that goes. And like you said, too, it's if Morrissey was named captain, there's an ex, extra expectation placed on him where now all of a sudden he has to lead outside and inside and he has to keep this torrid pace up. I think if he kind of regresses a little bit this year, he without the, the captaincy, now he's going to have a little bit of room to be like, well, you know, it's it's not all not all the pressure's on me, right? Like, it's it's kind of relieving some of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. I mean, maybe in an ideal world, your best player is your captain, but I, I don't... Yeah. To me, it's it's just more so it's a... It's a declaration on where the Jets are as an organization right now. Yeah. Because you're officially moving on from Blake Wheeler being, you know, wearing the C and then being in the dressing room. Shifley, for obvious reasons, can't wear the C because he might not be with the team in a couple of months' time. Um, 
and and that that's kind of what happens when when teams are in flux is you know who's the most dependable guy around and that's that's Adam Lowry I mean I, and look back to the end of last season taste who is this team's best player in the final 10 or so games and playoffs it, 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 was, it wasn't even close like it was it was so by by a long shot Adam Lowry Morrissey got hurt but more more so to the point that Lowry really elevated his game when the team needed him down the stretch. And then maybe the fight against Ryan Reeves in Minnesota is, I mean, you go toe-to-toe with Revo, you you probably get a bit of a promotion there. You go from a day to a C. I'm, I'm cool with that. But I, I, I think it's going to be just fine. I, I think he's he's a nice, I don't want to say stopgap captain, but like a transition captain, right? Where, you know, you have him locked in for three years at the very least. This gives some of the youngsters on the team a chance to find their own voice, be themselves, and then maybe by that time somebody steps up and becomes the de facto leader on this team. Who that is, I don't really know. Um, you know, I joined Winnipeg Sports Talk, and I was like, look, could Gabe Velarde come in, put up 75 points, be a top-notch defensive center, and then be this team's leader in two, three years? Yeah, he just might. Right? Like, we don't know. Who knows what Cole Perfetti is going to turn into over the next little bit? I mean, go up and down the roster, right? Uh, There's the chance for somebody else to step up here. And and that's where I'm intrigued the most out of this, Tyson. Isn't necessarily the news that Lowry's the captain. But it was just impossible for this team to take a step forward when Blake Wheeler was still in the freaking dressing room last year. You could take the C off him. Everybody knows. And it was, I think, punctuated by... It was either Ayafalo or Velarde that was like, what, Wheeler wasn't the captain last year? Right? Like, everybody around the league knew it. Yeah. And I think now, for the first time in years, we're going to see some of the young guys, even some of the guys in their mid-20s, probably feel comfortable about, you know what, I can take on a bit of a leadership role, even if I don't have a letter on my chest. I think things are going to be a lot more harmonious with Adam Lowry wearing the C now. And I'm intrigued to see how the young guys perform, who steps up, and, and even to a to a lesser extent, Tyson, how, how Mark Shifley does. Because he's still wearing an A, and it's a bit of a different locker room, and he's in a different situation right now. But like, how does he react to the change in, in, in the leadership structure? Like all, I, I think I think it is pretty fascinating to think how this team not might look on the ace, but more so just how they might grow as the season comes along and who are some of the unsung guys that might step up and try to fill a bit of a void that we haven't seen filled in this town in in a couple of years yeah i think the locker room is going to be in a much more stable place than it has been in a really long time the one thing that concerns me though and this could be this could be a non-issue at the same time but it just worries me about adam lowry almost there's there's sort of like a stigma that he has to be placed into a larger role because he's the captain and maybe he takes up more ice time and more and higher response, not higher responsibilities, but just playing at a higher rate. And, you know, he's a great player as a third line center, but you know, that's kind of it, right? Like there's, there is a, there's a ceiling there and, you know, we, you got to be careful with, you know, putting him in at a different position to where he's not comfortable or he's, you know, playing above his pay grade and all of a sudden that hurts the team in a negative way. I, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but 
you know, that, that does come with that. If he has to, yeah, be I, I, I think I think it might be different if it was like, I mean, the Jets don't really have too many old old guys. You know what I mean? But like a Nate Schmidt, for example, right? Where it's like yeah. you're kind of at this point in his career, he's like the Jets' third pair tweener type guy. Like I think it might apply more to that. But when it's somebody like Lowry, who I mean, he he knows his role. He's the third center, third line center on the team. Like I, I don't think he's going to be getting. I mean, I guess it's a conversation if he starts getting second line minutes. Um, but I, I just don't see that being the case. So I, I think it's going to be fine for the Jets there. Um, one other point about just the leadership structure too, Tice, and <laughs> I kind of laughed at this. A lot of people were curious about the decision to give Mark Shifley a letter. If it was even done just for the sole purpose of avoiding a number two storm at training camp, I am totally okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> That would have been the most annoying storyline to go through all season long. Just, oh, Shifley doesn't have a letter. He doesn't have a contract. Like, what's going to happen here? If Even if it was, you know, in a way done to just avoid all that, sign me up for that. Because it yeah. just would have been so aggravating to go through all season long. And and even, like, so let's say you don't give it to Shifley. Like, who are you going to give it to, right? It's either Neilers yeah. or Dylan, and even like yeah, Brandon Dylan's probably a worthy alternate captain. But you know, exactly, no. like, like what you said, Nino, Nino too. But like, like you said, do you really want that just to be an over overarching storyline yeah. throughout training camp? No, it's just just don't even bother with just that. And then, hey, you could even say in trade negotiations, like he's he's a big part of our leadership group still. Like yeah. we still we still lean on him quite a bit to like he's wears an A for our club like it, just kind of like that optics goes into it for trade negotiations too. Yeah, it's just yeah we just don't have to talk about it, which is kind of like okay, sign me up for that. There's <laughs> gonna be enough drama. We don't need another added layer to all this. So, um, we'll see. We'll see how the Adam Lowry era starts off for the Winnipeg Jets, and it's gonna start off pretty soon because training camp is uh, less than two weeks away, right? A week away. It, it's damn close either way. So. We'll see. Uh, hockey till regular season hockey. Ooh, I like that better. I like that a lot better. Um, <laughs> I'll be intrigued to see what Lowry has to say at his first uh, training camp comments, at the very least, once he has a chance to kind of, uh, you know, wet his chops a little bit in front of the guys. I, 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 I'm, I've got high hopes for the Lowry era getting off to a good start this year. Um, one quick thing that we should touch on before we wrap this up, Tice, uh, the Young Stars. This is a juicy roster they got going to Penticton. This this might be the best one yet. And, I mean, all eyes are going to be on the top line for the team. Because it might, hey, there's a chance this could be the second line of the future for the Jets. Maybe even more if you want to put a little bit of extra on it, right? But um, Chaz Lucius, centering everybody's favorite new prospect, Colby Barlow. And was it uh, Chibrikov, right? Yes. Chibrikov, yeah. I always get him and, and the um, and Dimitri mixed up. Um, but it'll, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be Lucius, Chibrikov, and Colby Barlow together with Brad Lambert getting his own line because he doesn't need any help around him. He's just like, I'll just do this all myself. Um, those are some of the big names. Salmonson as well will be there on the back end. Interesting to see how the goalies look too, Tice. Anybody else? Anything else standing out to you? You gonna be well, watching the games this weekend, late at night in Penticton? Yeah, I'll probably tune in. Can no, you won't. Stop it. I, I, yeah, I actually think I will. I want. Okay. I'm really excited to see Chipperkov, you know, play with that much skill. And they're they're taking on Edmonton in their first game, and 
I took a peek at Edmonton's roster, and it is not a lot of memorable prospects. Like you're looking at Xavier Borgo being the best guy on that team. Like it's a very barren roster for the Oilers. So I think that top line could have uh, it could be a little bit of a showcase, like in the most literal sense, because they are doing a rookie showcase. But I think it's going to be a big game for the Jets' top prospects, and I think it could be fun to watch just to see their skill levels kind of pop off the page. Yeah, I mean. Steven Chentis too, like he's he's gunning for a pro job somewhere yeah. this year, right? Like it's it's a pretty big camp for him, really. And it's always tough with goalies in situations like this because like the defense isn't going to be very good in front of him. Like it, it can be kind of sloppy, so it's tough for for goalies to maybe stand out in a major way here. But I think the main attraction's got to be this is the first chance to see Colby Barlow up against young talent, not not at the NHL level, but young talent. In and around his peer group. And yeah, I mean, look, I'm high on Brad Lambert, but it, it really feels like Barlow's kind of, I don't know, being undervalued as a pick by the Jets. Cause it's like, oh, yeah, he'll be a 30 30 guy in the NHL. Like, it's like, oh, well, we'll like, yeah, I, I guess they'll be a, that, that would be an outstanding <laughs> best case scenario almost if he's like Tyler Toffoli for Winnipeg for the next 10 years. Uh, but we'll see if he gets a chance to unleash that shot. We'll see if he's got a little more playmaking uh, to his game here, and we'll see how he plays off of Lucius and um, Chiprikov as well. And Chiprikov, this will be kind of the first opportunity for Jets fans to get a really good glimpse at him, you know, both at this camp and then at training camp as well. And Salmonson too. I mean, Salmonson's a really intriguing one because he's the, not the future of the Jets defense, but like he's the... At this point now, the youngest and most brightest star now that, you know, Hanela and Chisholm are in their, like, soon-to-be mid-20s, right? So how are those guys fare? And I think Salmonson has more likelihood of hitting his potential than Hanola did, or does. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Salmonson. I think he's got a very, he plays a very heady game. And, you know, like, a lot of teams in the NHL now kind of have that, that underrated European small D-man in their prospect pool. Where they're just like guys who are you gotta of, have one, yeah. Yeah, they kind of fly under the radar and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's a top four D man. So maybe that's maybe that's the Jets uh, diamond in the rough. He'll be, he'll be new Toby. New Toby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been a while since the Jets had yeah, they deserve something like that. I mean Sandberg, I guess, was a second round pick, but came in with some some pretty big hype around him. Be nice for the Jets to unearth a bit of a gem. I think it might be Chisel, but I do too. I love Declan well, uh, He just signed too. He did, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was a a two way deal, but he would still need to go through waivers if he was sent down to the Moose. If I, the Jets lose, if the Jets lose him, I know it's not a fireable offense, but it would be the biggest sign yet. I think that the Jets don't really have an idea of what's what's going on roster management wise. Like they just can't. You, you can't lose him. The the only thing would be if they sign him to a two way deal and they're fairly confident he's going to make it through. He's not going to make it. Which they, which they, they, how, how could you do that when you thought that with Kovacevic the year prior? Yeah. yeah and I no, would say Chisholm has a higher ceiling than Kovacevic. And yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty dumb to do that with Johnny last year. Yeah. No, losing Deckham for nothing would be an absolute just malpractice or just a yeah. No, yeah, mal- it would be malpractice. Yeah, just mismanagement. Yeah, and I, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I, I think I saw somewhere that, you know, trading Stanley for whatever you can get 
and having Chisholm on the roster actually saves you like 500K in cap space, which builds up as the season goes along. A little more wiggle room to do things at the deadline. You just, yeah, you can't, you can't lose Chisholm for nothing. That would, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. I don't want to end, I don't want to end this on a bad note here because we were flying high before that. Chisholm's going to be on the third pair this year. It's all good. No worries. Um, but yeah, we'll see how the young guns do. And then we'll see if that parlays into training camp because, you know, we've seen in the past youngsters, the Jets aren't afraid to give youngsters a bit of a shot, not only in training camp and preseason, but actual NHL games. Because it wasn't all that long ago that Vili Hanela had himself an eight-game stint as an 18-year-old. So maybe we'll see if Coley Barlow is putting the uh, the first few touches on a brief but spectacular NHL stint this year as an 18-year-old. So we'll keep an eye on that as we uh, get closer to training camp here. But that will do it for the episode. We'll cap it there and we'll head into the weekend and get ready for some action this weekend and then training camp right around the doorstep. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us again. We'll get back at it next week on Tuesday morning. Let's do a little bit of line combinations. We make our predictions and maybe best projections for how the Jets lineup should look heading into game one of the regular season before we get our first look at those lines when training camp gets started in less than two weeks. So we'll do some line talk heading into next week to kick off the weekend style. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Stay safe and have a good time, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday morning. Peace.